1: Urgent Care for Kids is a pediatric specialized urgent care with 10 locations across the greater Austin, Houston, and Dallas-Fort Worth areas, as well as home telemedicine for kids. Now you can access quality pediatric specialized care on your iPhone or computer within minutes. Urgent Care for Kids truly has the child and their family at the forefront. And just in time for summer camp and Little League, they are offering my listeners a $20 discount on sports physicals and any Urgent Care for Kids location. When you mention the happy hour or use the discount code UCK20OFF, that's all one word. Visit urgentcarekids.com to learn more or contact a location near you. Friends, you are listening to episode number 194, and today my guest is Ruth Simons. I fell in love with her during this interview. I'm not kidding, fell in love with her. We jumped right into this interview with her sharing some things she's never shared on any interview before. You know I love some exclusive information, you guys. I'm certain that you know who Ruth is because she's everywhere on Instagram. Her newest book, Garden of Truth, just released this past April, and last September, Her first book, Grace Laced, Discovering Timeless Truths Through Seasons of the Heart, also released. Ruth is an artist, an author, entrepreneur, and a speaker. She's most interested in how the gospel intersects her daily life and longs to see beauty and truth together in any creative medium. You're going to hear that come from her heart today. She's an unlikely mom to six young boys and wife to Troy with whom she leads Grace Laced's small but mighty team. On today's show... I told you already, she starts out telling me some things. She said she's never declared on a podcast before. We discuss Chinese culture, our identity in Christ, how her family became believers, what life is really like with six boys, and some of the struggles of running a business that is also a ministry. We talk about boundaries for Instagram and the lenses that she uses to think through every photo that she posts on Instagram. You guys, it's been two and a half weeks since our last Happy Hour Live, and we are already planning our next one. And of course, it's gonna be amazing. I cannot wait to tell you who the guests that are coming in. We're doing it just the same as we always do. There'll be a show on Friday night and a show on Saturday night. Are you ready for the dates? Are you ready for the dates? October 5th and 6th make sure that you are subscribed to the newsletter so that you will know when tickets are going to go on sale. Go to jamieivy.com slash newsletter, and we're going to announce it there first when the tickets are going to go up. Tickets are going to go fast for this one, you guys. There are not as many seats as we've had before. So mark your calendar, subscribe to the newsletter, talk to your girlfriends, and get the trip on the calendar. You guys, when Ruth and I started talking, the mics were on, and we just jumped in. In fact, I never even said, Ruth, welcome to the happy hour. I just said, how do you pronounce your name? And then we went into our whole story. You're going to love it. So you're going to get all of our conversations. It's fun and encouraging and uplifting and challenging. Such a fun hour for you that you're going to walk away feeling super challenged and encouraged as well. So let me do what I didn't get to do. Ruth, welcome to the happy hour. Okay, say your full I can't name. I believe we're finally doing this. I
2: know. It's Ruth Joe Simons. Nobody would ever know that because C H O U is shu, which means cabbage in French or chow. But you know, it's. I thought like, it was chow, and I, I apologize. Know, but that's because everybody says wonton, and it's not really wonton. What is it? It's Winpun. And, and But no, who would know that? I wouldn't know it's it. It's just that I am a purist because I speak Chinese, so I can't bring myself to say Ruth Chow Simons when it's pronounced chow. Joe. 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 Yeah, so my Chinese name is. Joe Iro. And so I can't, I can't do it.
1: <laughs> so Wait, where's nobody... Ruth come in?
2: When my family came to the United Are States. Are you going to tell me that they
1: gave you an American name?
2: No, a guy who collected immigrants and strays gave me the name Ruth. You
1: need to expand on that. A guy know. who collected
2: yeah. immigrants and strays. I know. Right. So my parents came to the United States because my grandparents, They were going to come here and do school and study and do kind of the American dream. Some things didn't quite work out. And they ended up not living with my grandparents, not beginning a new life with family and had no money, no English, nothing. And so there was a man who collected a lot of folks. One, I was a child. I don't even remember if the story is totally true. How old were you? Three and a half, four but by, but it was a little period of time in my life, and I just remember, you know, we shared a home with somebody who said he swam in the ocean. I mean, is that really possible? Come on. Where? What city are we talking about? Oh,
1: this is in Maryland, DC. So your parents immigrated over Yes. and came into New York City. Girl, I actually don't really know. You the were three exact, and a
2: half? I, I really don't. I've never asked that question. I should find out the details and he of He said
1: your name is gonna be Ruth. He actually and it stuck. He,
2: yes. Okay, and so well, let me just go to school and because when they when you come over they translate your name and it was spelled something crazy like r o u j o y like all these weird letters put together and nobody can pronounce it and so he named my parents Thomas and Julia and me Ruth and let me just do your tell parents you parents
1: still go by Thomas and Julia
2: mhm yes isn't that crazy and so but then here's the thing in kindergarten do you remember back when we were kids and there was that cartoon gem Oh, come on. Wait, G, G, E, M? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she hair. had like, yeah. Pink hair. Uh huh. So I was so obsessed with that stuff that I was like, why isn't my name Jem or Jade or Jalila? You know, like I was always thinking anything. of some, anything but Ruth. Ruth. Because even now, even with vintage names coming back, Ruth is not one of them. That oh, typic- it's a beautiful name. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, now that I'm a Christian, it's really beautiful. <laughs> right. But at the time, I was like, are
1: you like, kidding me? Like I got a lame name. Yeah. For real. It's like, I wanted to name my daughter Esther, which is Mm. beautiful. And I Mm. love this. I love Esther and the Bible and all these things, but it is an older name. And so it could have gone one of two ways. It could have been like, that's awesome. Or
2: "Eh." so a story I'm going to tell tomorrow from the main stage. Okay. I'm going to tell it real quick. But um, when Troy and I first got married 20 years this summer, we're out on our honeymoon. And he says, he says, babe, what would you name our daughters? And as I was like thinking about it, he says, because I think, I think I love Rachel, Elizabeth, and Sarah. And it doesn't sound like any big deal, but I married a very white man. And I was like, <gasps> and I started bawling. This is our first, like been married six hours or something like that. And I was oh, honey- like, hun- yeah, okay. on our honeymoon. Uh-huh. I like get really dramatic yeah. and I'm like, <gasps> You don't even know that I'm Chinese. Like, you didn't mention Jade or, like, anything. Like, what you know, I don't know if I was expecting him to say Jade or Jasmine or I don't know. Anything. But um, but it was just an interesting thing because I think maybe it's a little suppressed. But I think all my life I was kind of like, Ruth doesn't really reflect. It wasn't a choice made by our family. We weren't even Christians then. And so it's just really, Your parents didn't even name you Ruth. No. Mm-mm. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. I don't really know if I would totally admit this, but some, but when I watched Joy Luck Club for the first time, I had a little bit of like, wait, what movie? Remember back in the Amy Tan's book, Joy Luck Club? Oh, Joy, I, I never no, saw this. No, 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 I don't have that kind of drama. But you kind of get it—the immigrants and like second-generation Chinese family issues. There's a lot of stuff there. So, okay,
1: so yeah, I have learned so much in the first of uh, five minutes of our I know, conversation. I know. <laughs> Well, I don't get to talk about these things very much. So when people introduce you, do they butcher your name all
2: the time? All the time. So it's so funny because if a podcast... And you go by all three? Not always. The oh. only reason why I go by Ruth Joe Simons on print uh-huh. is because Ruth Simons is a sex therapist in Europe. Really? And so I couldn't get RuthSimons.com. Because and there's I, somebody already making and I just people's didn't, lives happen. Yeah. And I just really didn't want anybody to be like searching... <laughs> Help me, Ruth Simons, and... And
1: come up with come, some mm, mm, different so, kind of help.
2: So I was just like, and also Ruth Simons sounds a little Mennonite, right? Yeah. It sounds kind of like maybe somebody who had named their daughter Rachel Elizabeth or Sarah. So
1: you don't really go by all three no, names in your personal No, life. I yeah. don't use... Ruth no, Simons. No, no, not at all. Yeah.
2: But it just, finally when it went into print, I was like, there's nothing besides my face that looks mm-hmm. and speaks of my heritage and the fact that I was born in Taiwan and that I still speak Mandarin. And, you know, and so um, that's why I stuck it in there. But it's funny because everywhere on the internet, you'll basically see it spelled wrong and pronounced wrong. Most of the time people say Ruth Chow Simmons because we don't learn phonograms anymore in America.
1: Oh yeah. It's Simon's. <laughs> it's Simon's. Well, you know what? Short. I'm going to get it for, right. Mm-hmm, you, you got it. Good job. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. It's so fun. We're finally sitting down. We're in a hotel room. I love that we're together. I know at the Sparrow conference. So fun. And you're teaching tomorrow. I am. And are you, does that make you nervous? Oh
2: girl, I'm so glad you're asking. Um, nobody realizes how nervous I get. I, I really had to repeat to myself, like just because you're scared. I mean, our friend Jessica Honiger says do it scared. Right. uh But the reality is like, I'm not just like a little scared. I sweat buckets. Like my shoes will be, and I will be standing in a puddle. And I wish. Because I, you're nervous or because I you're don't a sweater? Know. I'm not a sweater. <laughs> okay. Chinese people also don't really sweat, by the way. Chinese people don't sweat. <laughs> oh gosh, if you have listeners who are like protesting this. No, I've never worn deodorant. What? I've never worn deodorant a day in my life. This is a lie. Yeah, and I also don't shave my legs. Ever? So. No. Mm-mm. So you can touch them, feel them. I am touching but, your legs. Listen, But if the wind blows, you'll see them blowing in the wind a little. But you have hardly any hair. Yeah, that's because I've never shaved. You've never shaved your mm-hmm. legs. Now in the eighties, I did Epilady. <coughs> do you remember what that is? Is it the cream? No, Epilady is the weird hair yanker outer. Oh gosh. It, yeah. It was only really like as seen on TV for about like sixty seconds. Do you have hair under your arms? I do. I, sh- I shave my armpits. Okay. Of course. Of course. Okay. But, but you don't wear deodorant. I'm now. telling you all this stuff. No, I don't because do you I use really don't. Do oils? I do, but not for that. Not under your armpits, um, okay. Yeah, so I really just don't... I mean, next time when I'm speaking and you guys give me hugs, then lean in. and I'm, Everybody's going to start leaning in now to see if I smell, but, um, you know. No, I don't I don't use deodorant. And... Anything else you got for me
1: about uh-huh. that it would um, be, quote-unquote, maybe odd? I'm not calling you, Audrey. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, I wish right? I had this life of not shaving my... I it could shave stunning. my legs and get a shiver, and then I've got... That is so funny. Black well, hair.
2: Yeah, I literally just said, why would I do that to myself? Because it was like five hairs to begin with. So if I started shaving them, they would be 50,000. So right. why start? So I do have to live with the fact that if somebody got close,
1: they would see. Yeah, the- but I'm telling you, I am less than three feet away. And your legs look smooth as a baby's butt. <laughs> I mean, you says so, the life. Literally, I've
2: never said any of these things on any interview ever. So this is kind of that's fun. what happens at yeah. the happy hour.
1: Okay, so okay. I'm glad you talked to us talk this about culture. Yeah you born in taiwan yep your husband born in albuquerque new mexico albuquerque new mexico <laughs> opposite to tract i guess you know mm-hmm. other sides of the world how do you bring your culture mm-hmm. into your family
2: hmm. Well, when my oldest, who's now sixteen, when he was a baby, I had visions of being like, You will be bilingual. Like, like I will speak only oh Mandarin, my goodness. Good to him, yeah. I own I did because that's what like a good Chinese family would do would be make sure your kid knows both languages. For sure. And um I tried for a little bit, but you really can't do shepherding a child's heart. Just kidding. <laughs> I just, I just have to throw that in there, but you kind of can't like do the whole like disciplining and, and, and working with your kid. And I wasn't overachieving like first time mom. So of course I was like, we're not having the 30 minute conversation. And I was stressing out about that and not being able to do that fully in Chinese. And Troy couldn't understand a word I was saying. So he'd be like, "Eh." what did you you just tell our son? (laughs) So ultimately I tried, but you know, I wasn't at the time we weren't living with the Chinese community. I didn't have other people in my life who could like support that. My parents were not even in the country at the time, they were in Canada. And so we just I didn't have support around. And so we didn't. But I will say one of the things that's most fascinating to me is how much Chinese culture can feel legalistic on its own as a culture. What do you mean by that? Mm, as in, like there's it's very performance driven, yes, very perfection driven, very don't screw up at all because you're a good daughter if you do things the right way driven. So I tell my story to my boys a lot about this because it actually stood in the way of me really understanding grace mm. and understanding what my identity in Christ is about because I spent so time, so much time thinking that I was the best daughter, the best student, the best everything if I could just do it the right way. So it comes into play when I speak about some of those things. And, and when, it, when it rears its ugly head in me and I'm kind of like... Yeah, there's, there's parts of me that gets a little like tiger mom-ish, you know, yeah. like, what? Your AP test is next week, right? You know, there's that part that comes out. And then I have to stop and say, okay, wait, hold on. Let's remember that we don't, we're not citizens mm. of, I'm not a citizen of um, Taiwan or Chinese mm-hmm. culture. I'm not even a citizen of pop American culture. I, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And let's start over about who our, what our identity yeah. is in Christ and who we're really trying to look like. Because- Um, I can get all the approval in the world of Chinese culture and that still wouldn't be my identity in Christ.
1: No. Are your parents believers? They are. Okay. Yeah. So tell me quickly because I'm just so curious Mm -hmm. about immigrating, living with this family that gave the name Ruth and then where did Jesus come into the picture?
2: Uh, Years, years later. You know, my mom spoke the name of Christ in our home on and off when we were really little because she had heard bits and pieces of the gospel when she was a kid. Um, But... This is a really neat story, but my parents then moved to New Mexico because I had an uncle who was a scientist in Los Alamos. Long story short, a lady named Glenna invited my mom to Bible study fellowship, which Uh lots of people know about. And she essentially led my mom to Christ, to this discipled her, studied scripture. My mom in turn grew to love Jesus. My dad didn't become a Christian until I was in eighth grade. And that's a whole other story. But my mom started teaching us about Christ. And the craziest part of the story is I get an email and this was six months ago from Glenna. She emailed and said, or no, she emailed my assistant. My assistant Mm -hmm. forwarded to me and she says, I just received your book from my friend who is connected to why we're in Durango now. But long story short, she says, is this the same Ruth that was in Albuquerque who I her mom, Julia, to Bible study fellowship. And there was this whole story of our connections over the year, years. And so I called her. This was a few months ago. I called her. This is, I'm 42. It's been decades. And I don't even remember. I couldn't pick out her face. And I said, Glenna, I just want you to know that what you're holding in your hand, this book you have, and the words that came out of Grace Laced is a result of you taking the time to just love on one immigrant woman who barely knew English. You just took the time to say, you're not, you don't make a super easy friend. You barely talk to me in English, but I'm going to take you every week to BSF. and I'm going to show you the glories of Christ and the scriptures. And I said, Glenna, I know you don't, you're not going to take the credit for it, nor am I saying you should, but I'm just telling you, Jesus used you and our family still loves the Lord because you decided to invest in one woman.
1: Golly.
2: Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's just amazing.
1: That's encouraging for everyone listening because- Relationships are hard. And I can totally. imagine even how you worded it of a woman who hardly spoke any English and didn't really talk to me that much. And she because what do, we, cause what do we do? We go to
2: Bible studies and we find a girl who looks, looks exactly like, like us. us. And we're like, ooh, she'd be fun to have coffee date with. And I'm not saying, I mean, my mom's a lovely woman, but I'm just saying at the time, oh, for sure. she came with a young child. She had a husband who... um having a hard time with his job and who had gotten in a massive car accident. That's a whole other story. But yeah, there were all these dramatic things going on. And my mom has a pretty brutal, dysfunctional past in her life. And so there was a lot of counseling and a lot of neat. It wasn't just like a pretty tidy Mm -hmm. story. This was like immigrant woman with a whole lot of baggage. baggage. Yeah. And it changed your whole family. You know, and I got to say to her, I'm so glad your friend got you this book. I didn't even know where you were or yeah. or anything. Uh, I, I had no connection with you anymore, but this is so amazing that you emailed my assistant. And so I just got on the phone with her and-, um, and You we, made her day, I bet. And we had a conversation. We both cried a little on the phone and just said, we're looking for a time to to hopefully meet each other yeah. and stuff,
1: but- Okay, so you mentioned that you guys just moved to Colorado. Yeah. You've been in New Mexico your whole life, it sounds like. Most of it. On and off, but this last time, 17 years. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Started your family there?
2: My parents are in Colorado, but not where we are. But you
1: started your family in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so what took you to Colorado?
2: You know, we were just in a really closing of one chapter and a beginning of another. New Mexico was where Troy was a pastor. We had church planted. We founded a school there. There were lots of special and dear communities, ministries, things that we poured our lives into, and those things came to a close. And it was just really obvious to us that we had an opportunity now that we were just, yeah, some doors were closed and some doors were open. And we were just kind of in a place where we said, you know, where do we want to invest the next season of our lives? And um, I think all along, there was always a sense of like, you always want to go where there's a lot of hubbub, but also but then what about smaller towns and places where maybe there's not really solid mm-hmm. teaching? There's not a lot of discipleship. Maybe they don't have a lot of resources. And so we ended up finding a town that we've loved for some time just because of the nature and the scenery. And it's actually near Albuquerque because half of my staff is still in Albuquerque. Okay. So we travel back and forth yeah. quite a bit, but um, we're grateful to be in a plugged into a church and have a new beginning in, in Colorado. And so. fixing up your home. Yes, we did move oh into gosh. a crazy fixer upper. Yes. Which yeah. is
1: fun and difficult Not, and awful yeah. at the same time. It's like,
2: time. How, do you, how does your marriage survive? Right, like, That's
1: really what I want to ask. Well, When you get on the other side, you would be like, <laughs> we have made it. I know. I know. Okay. So you also have six boys. Yes. People, I, I said, I told people the other day over on the Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. that I was going to be talking to mm-hmm. you. All the questions were about three different things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you get the same thing. Okay. I think so yeah. about your boys, uh-huh. about your marriage, and about running a business. Okay. I'm sure this is, you're like, yeah. this is my life. Yeah. So let's start with your boys. Everyone wants to know do they ever fight? Do they ever do anything wrong? Mm-hmm. In all seriousness, mm-hmm. I do. I, I'm, I'm someone, and I always say what you see on Instagram is mm-hmm. if you see my Instagram, mm-hmm. you don't see my daughter throwing a fit in her bedroom. Sure. Right? Sure. But I really look at your family and think, mm-hmm. man, I would really love to be just a fly on the wall mm-hmm. and listen to those devotions that your husband does yeah. at the table with the boys yeah. and homeschooling and doing projects together. Um, what is life like with yeah. raising six boys at your house? So let me
2: back up and say, first of all, that I did create the hashtag motherhood is sanctifying many years ago. And the very first post that ever had that hashtag, I Instagrammed a little bit differently back then, because I I, I don't think I was quite aware of how I would feel about so many people having eyes on it. But that at that time, I took a photo of my then two-year-old screaming on the ground. So that's where it started. So it started real with life. a real life picture of a tantrum on the ground. And that's where the motherhood is sanctifying hashtag came about. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. So now there's like thousands and thousands and you probably won't ever find that post. I changed the way I did it over time because I have six boys and I, and I can't, you can also be unfairly only representing your motherhood by the bad moments too. So I'm just really cautious to make sure that everything I say doesn't appear necessarily that everything's perfect. I try not to, but that ultimately there's hope. And so for me, no, you don't get to see when I lose my temper that no socks match in our home (laughs) or that some brother is upset that He always, you know, takes something from him. So yes, there are fights. But I will also say that, you know, early on when I was a boy mom, people would say, oh, I'm sure your house is full of, and they would name your classic like boy things, like really rowdy, really gross, really like insensitive boy things. And to be frank, we're really not that way. And I don't think you have to raise boys who are just Constantly like scratching themselves or sniffing their armpits or being completely gross or weird or making sound effects. No, they make sound effects. They do all those things in terms of like being boy and fun and and into dirt. But I also think we are a very conversational family. And so we do work things out by talking. Nobody really is allowed to storm out of the room, slam a door and punch their fist into the wall. So it's not really an aggressive home in that sense. But that's because the flavor of our t- our home is really defined a lot by the only man they see, which is Troy. And Troy's very much a Renaissance guy. He's all guy, like he loves to shoot guns and like skin deer, you know, all the like, like kill like, something. <laughs> you know, like talking ski. You know, yeah. uh, like he's into that, but he's very much like, okay, let's sit down and consider, you know, all these things. And he talks to the boys and he really. He really is like that and I mean I, I just finally had to say, I'm not gonna apologize for that because are. honestly there were I, I did stop posting some of that the the family devotional stuff because I wanted to be careful not to be a discouragement to anyone if they felt like um, oh, we're there was doing only that one or, way yeah, yeah. but the whole reason why I started posting it was ultimately to show that you can do it when your dishes are dirty on your table when you don't know what to say, you just start with a question. You start by just reading a verse Mm -hmm. and say, I needed to read this verse today because all of us know how to say that statement. You don't have to read systematic theology books. You don't have to do anything but to start by simply saying, uh, this meant something to me yeah you know
1: that's an encouragement to moms because i i by no means think that everything is perfect at your house yeah. but i think when i see it is that you do a really good job of pointing to teaching moments mm. that's what i see so mm-hmm. much um, what you put online it's very teaching which is why you shouldn't be nervous about speaking mm. tomorrow because you teach in every post that you write mm. everything is teaching german i appreciate that You guys, I know that you're loving the show. I know that you are probably going to have to listen again to write down some notes, but I want to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors for the show because they make the happy hour possible. First, I'd like to thank SAS Footwear. Are you frustrated that the shoes in your closet make your feet hurt all day? At SAS Footwear, they understand how difficult it is to find stylish shoes that are comfortable. That's why, my friends, for over 40 years, they've been making, fitting, and selling footwear that will not let your feet in the day before you are ready. Plus, if you've ever had trouble fitting into that cute pair, SAS has fashionable designs and a range of sizes and widths to fit any foot. So right now, you can go online to sasfootwear.com. That's www.sasfootwear.com. Enter the code HappyHour at checkout for free shipping on your first order or check out their helpful store locator and pop into any of the hundreds of SAS locations across the country. Tell them the happy hour with Jamie Ivy sent you and get $10 off your first purchase. Follow SAS Shoemakers on Instagram to see the newest styles from SAS, where style feels good. Okay, if I gave you the task to walk into a store and pick out a wine that you love, but the catch is it has to be one you haven't had before. Where would you even start? That's why we want to introduce to you Wink. W-I-N-C. Wink makes it easy to discover great wines by shipping wines that are personalized for you right to your door. It's the best day of your month because they're all starting at just $13 a bottle. You're going to go online. You're going to answer a few simple questions for Wink's palette profile quiz like, how do you take your coffee? And how do you feel about blueberries? Then Wink is going to send you wines curated to your taste. The more wines that you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections will be. Each month, there are new delicious wines like the insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. Also, some of the best parts about this are there's no membership fees. You can skip any month and cancel any Shipping is covered, and if you don't like a bottle, they're going to replace it with one that you love. Discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com slash happy hour, and you're going to get $20 off your first shipment. That's trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C happy hour for $20 off. Trywink.com slash happy hour. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Ruth. Okay, people have to understand this too. 97.5 thousand Instagram followers. I'm not saying it's a business for you, but you see it as a ministry, don't you? I totally do. And
2: what's hard though is that my family does live off of the products we sell, but the only way I will continue to sell the product is if the thing that, Drives the heart behind it is actually the ministry of it. So I can't speak about the product. Like I can't. I can't just be like I paint things because you buy personally,
1: it? you don't feel like you can,
2: or it's not motivating enough. Okay. I, I. mean, I will. I will be bored. I will be bored and not interested, and move on to something else if it's all about please just buy this thing. But so you're like you, here's the message. So if you see the way I do social media it will always be the last thing I talk about. Like, if you want to buy this, yeah, go for it. it. Yeah. And I just have to trust the Lord with it. Uh-huh. And I have for the last several years. It's The business has been around almost five years. And, you know, like the Lord brings sales and that's fine because our family lives off of it now yeah. and I'm really grateful. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, there's a reason why I started painting it and reading the truth and wanting to make it beautiful in the first place. And it was because I needed to see the gospel intersect my daily life in some tangible way in a way that reminded me like keep your eyes on what's beautiful about the gospel and so
1: which is a, what you're doing for us and so when that's you the show whole us reason the gospel intercept yeah. in your life it's yeah. a reminder for us as well yeah. um, okay so let's talk about business Yep, yeah. and
2: I, and i'm one of those that I don't feel guilty about making money. So it's not that at all. I don't, I feel We're like. high-fiving. I mean, I am all about, I love business strategy. If I had the time, I'd probably do coaching calls because I love branding. Well, how about I just come to Colorado and Girl, we do a do big it. little. Let's do it. Let's ma- do Double it.
1: mastermind.
2: Do you know how much I, re- I am like all about strategy and being, because here's the thing. The ultimate thing is it's not strategy is stewardship. Mm. It's just stewardship. Even selling books, it's not about lists. It's about Can you I, have this one opportunity oh, you just get steward it. Look, I'm getting i okay. like all your, like here we go. Okay, all right. Give me your
1: look. Do you know when I first started this show? I felt guilty when I started adding ads.
0: Hmm.
1: And I got over that. Really? My friend Jessica Coniger, yeah. mutual friend, has yeah. been so good for me. And I've said that so many times. But I cause I thought, well, it's ministry. But then I'm like, well, I actually put a lot of work into this. Absolutely. It's my job. Absolutely. And um, you know, there have been times when like churches have been like, hey, do you want to come speak? Like, mm-hmm. you know, come up here, we'll give you a hundred dollars. Well, like, I have to leave my family. Absolutely. I have to prep. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. now, why is it, why do you think women struggle with this? Because I don't think men do. <laughs> When's the last time you ever heard a man that's like, I don't know if I should make money for this? Yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> I've never heard that. But why do we? And I think that it's good that we can have this conversation yeah. because some woman is sitting at home and she has she has something in her and she wants to do it and she's scared. And this could be one of the reasons because she's like, I don't know if I should do this or not. And sometimes it's that. Well, the bottom line is, I think, is because
2: men don't look around to other men for their approval. Women do. Mm. We dress for other women to look at us. We don't really like, the I mean, I mean that's so the true. bottom line, right? So at the end of the day, when you say that this piece of art is worth this much money, you are immediately saying, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Do you think I'm crazy? Yes. What if you don't think it's worth that much? Then what do you think about me thinking that it's worth that much? So yes. we, we analyze Like, everything. are they going to
1: think I'm too much of myself? Or? Right, right.
2: So it all boils down to really what, whether or not we are enslaved to somebody else's opinion even of our own opinion of ourselves, right? It's just this terrible cycle. So I think it's bad business. I mean, it's, it's not smart business because the Lord's given us a brain to use strategies. And at the end of the day, I inadvertently give, you know, social media or branding advice regularly whenever I get a chance to, because I don't, I, I would love to share whatever I know, which is not that much, but I will say at the end of the day, we keep talking branding. We talk about building platforms, all these things. But at the end of the day, really, if you just take your eyes off of how to make me better and you're just a little more generous about how to make it so that somebody's pausing for five seconds on your social media might get a glimpse of something more eternal, that's generous. Generous marketing is good marketing, mm-hmm. you know? And so at the end of the day, this is no, nothing brilliant. I'm, I'm just simply saying, like, we can get over it if we just stop thinking about ourselves Mm. so much because the most unhappy I am is always when I'm constantly like, well, what does that say about me? Um, What is that, you know, Mm -hmm. what are they going to think about me? What is that group going to think about me if I say this? And what is, you know, blah, 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 you know. all There's just so many versions of that. Yeah, Um, And so it's really freeing for me because... In my line of work, it can be very self-absorbed, right? Because mm-hmm. it's my painting. Mm-hmm. It's mm, photos of my family, my life, my words. And so- So what, how, do you, how do you keep away from that? Well, I just have rules for myself. Tell them some, <laughs> and tell they don't And they don't have to be everybody's rules. I have to just say that up front. Like everybody's, God's called each one of us to tell a different story. And it is totally legitimate if somebody out there is doing a platform- fully on teaching people how to do hair and makeup. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh But for me, I knew that for me, I needed to kind of stay really specific on a few things because I am easily distracted. And because I am really prone to being concerned about all these other things. And so for me, it really, I have these filters for myself. Like, I mean, I wish they were like perfectly written out so I could read them too. But my rules are basically like, at the end of the day, it has to not point to me. Like, that's like just the biggest rule for me is that because it's my product, my words, my ministry, the center of it. Uh, because I'm the center of it, the, f- the filter is always like, does it ultimately make much of, or much of me or much of God? And ultimately, it doesn't mean that everything has to be spiritual, because sometimes I write things that don't necessarily have great deep theology right, in it, right. but it needs to take the attention off of me being the Savior, because I just, I can't be anybody's Savior. Mm-hmm. So...
1: Do you like attention?
2: It's funny because I feel like in general, I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But when I think about tomorrow getting on stage, it so you're actually-
1: You're starting to sweat. You yeah, need some it freaks me
2: out. Yeah, and I totally need deodorant.
1: Um, okay, so not you're not the center. What else? So
2: I think ultimately, this is a funny way to say it, but I want people to feel like they benefited for pausing because scrolling in social media is mindless. It's mm-hmm. numbing. And for most people, it's a drug. Yeah. For most people, it's just to- Kind of get out of their empty life, and nobody admits it. But we're yeah. all scrolling in search of something, and so if you pause for five seconds, so that's where the strategy comes in. You could it has call, to be worth you it. Could, you're saying, yeah, absolutely. You could call it strategy. I mean, some people might give the same advice to say, "How do you get more retention or mm-hmm. likes or whatever?" I simply like to say, "How do I make my presence count mm-hmm. at all for the glory of His name?" Yeah. Like, if you're gonna, if if a photo. And this is why I take good photos, right? Or I try to take good photos. Because you stop. What do you take them on? My phone. Oh,
1: I love it. It's all
2: all on my phone. Okay, keep talking. So I I really feel like you can use everything to adorn the gospel. There's not one thing you can't. There's not one thing you can't use to bring attention to the glory of God and to adorn the gospel and give people a waft of the fragrance of who Jesus is and how beautiful he is. And so- why would I want to take a bad picture? I don't, I don't. And I and bad picture doesn't mean you can take a good picture of your dirty laundry, right? And no, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I'm just saying, for me, it is an art. Mm-hmm. It is an art. Even if I'm going to, I posted a few days ago, I literally moved nothing and I took a picture of my that. messy house. No, it's not messiest yeah. it's ever been. Uh-huh. I didn't take a picture of dirty underwear on the yeah. ground or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but um, but. I feel like I still choose to make sure that that lens causes somebody to think, pause and, think. and pause. Uh-huh. And if you pause, you don't end up walking away simply knowing more about me. But I hope you pause and you walk away having something to chew on mm-hmm. for your own life because I could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. The Lord could take me away tomorrow. Yeah. And I can't, I'm not the answer. Right. Uh-huh. So at the end of the day, I'm just here. I mean, such a, ch- ch- Christian-y cheesy thing to say, but I'm just the vessel, right? I mean, really, Uh really at the end of the day, Instagram is a a vessel. Mm -hmm. grace Lace, Instagram is just a vessel. It could be here today, gone tomorrow.
1: Can I read you a post that made me pause? Yeah. This is you. He instructed the boys today in the midst of a dramatic Mm multi-brother meltdown. Mm -hmm. One fruit of maturity is that you stay the same person regardless of what the circumstance or Mm -hmm. who may be watching. Who you really are is who you choose to remain. Mm -hmm. This is what your husband was saying to your Mm -hmm. boys. And then you said this, maybe more so today in our social media crazed world than ever before, we are quick to flash fruit in the form of posts, graphics, photos, Mm -hmm. or strategic marketing, but struggle to actually live it out consistently when no one is watching, Mm -hmm. liking, applauding, Mm -hmm. or rewarding. We are so top heavy with visible blooms and fruit, yet so careless where it matters most, in the underground roots of the unseen. You said, so I'm preaching to my own heart In my marriage, my tone, attitude, and body language at home reveal whether I think I'm married to my expectations or who God has given me as a mom. The most meaningful moments may never be remembered on the internet and that's okay. In my work, if I want to own my business rather than have my business own me, I have to stop chasing appearance and let my work be a reflection of something greater than my hustle. Hmm. I mean, that's what we were just talking about, you know, of what is you can have all of these things up here that look so wonderful but what actually happens when no one's looking
2: and i think more than just simply being like this is the conversation about hypocrisy it's more of conversation of isn't an overflow because i think if we just talk hypocrisy then the first thing that goes in my mind is like i'm such a hypocrite i'm not perfectly consistent and the f- emphasis once again is back on shame and guilt and like, I don't do it right.
1: And that perfection I, that you yes, struggle Yes, exactly. With, yeah. And
2: then where's the attention? The attention is constantly like, God must be disappointed in me because I haven't done it as well as I could. Or really, come on, somebody who's teaching the Bible should really be spending at least 4.5 hours a day on studying scripture, right? The focus is on that. But if we focus on, okay, I have one life and the majority of my life is lived off of the internet So what am I doing to steward that well? Because whatever I do there will ultimately overflow in the thing I call career, in the thing I call social media, whatever it is that ends up putting the highlight reel out there, that kind of will naturally happen. And I think we spend a lot of time strategizing that. And not... And not strategizing our real life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if you strategize your real life, I mean, at least, I mean, not that I'm that old, but at my age, I actually really feel it now. I really feel it because I, I, I say... Wow, there is not one thing I can produce on the internet in my business or in relationships, anything, not one thing I can produce and maintain. If it's not really going on in, my, in the roots of my life, mm. I can't maintain it. You can do, you could be a flash in the sky and everybody could be like, Whoa, she's so amazing. Or look at what she did. Or you could even perfect a speech. I could probably have that speech I'm giving tomorrow done really, really well. So everybody's like, She's the most amazing speaker. But instead, Tomorrow morning, that talk may or may not come out like I'm the most dynamic speaker, but I know I worked it out in my heart for weeks and weeks, and I'm just going to trust the Lord with that. And that is more important. Mm. Now, everything in me wants to say, I want a perfect speech. I want to get out there. And these women who like (laughs) drop the mic, and they're just like, yeah. I mean, really, sometimes I'm like, how do they
1: do it? Because honestly,
2: I still need a script. I cannot not have words in front of me. Girl, I'm... I'm,
1: uh, There's not many people that can do that without words. That's a side note, but wow. Overachievers unite, you know, you kind (laughs) of, I take paper I have to take words. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) Uh, But I I really love that conversation. I think it's important to have. And I think it's important because it's just this reminder, nothing that we said just now, Mm -hmm. anyone's going to go, oh my gosh, I've never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Or, oh my gosh, I've never felt this. Or this is not Mm -hmm. new information. You know, we know this stuff. It's just a really Mm -hmm. good reminder. It's a reminder for my soul and for everyone that's listening. Um, Okay, so let's talk about marriage. Mm-hmm.
2: You've
1: been married 20 years. The summer. Yep. That's awesome. I never thought we would make it. I am not kidding you.
2: True story. So I have my version of the book that you just wrote, which I love, thank you. love, love, love. That's one of the books that I've just read. Oh, um, thank you. But I came in with a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. Both of us did. But I came in with enough baggage that I literally said the words our first year, I'm not cut out for faithfulness to one. Mm. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not cut out to, because I wanted too much attention. And you were
1: a believer. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's just a lot. So 19 years later, what, what did that look like? How did that play out? How did you get where you thought, okay, maybe I am cut out from what you want. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're like, well, I don't feel cut out, but I'm going to fight it for the rest of my life. How, what does that look like for you?
2: So for one thing, I will say it's a lot like our walk with the Lord in that you persevere by persevering. Mm -hmm. And, you don't get to a day where you're just like, oh my goodness, I am good at this. This isn't we've, we're the best. Yeah, we've <laughs> nailed it. And you know what? We finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. No, nope, I st- i don't think we're there at all. In fact, last week we had a big row with one mm-hmm. another that broke my heart and I, I kind of was unforgiving for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not that, but I do think it's a choice every day. But you know, it's interesting because if you ask Troy, um, he'll say, it's interesting, he'll say, well, Ruth's, painfully brought out a lot of things that I really needed to learn about myself. And I say, wow, I Troy really kind of like drew out the ugliest in me. And so the reality is, I think we've grown the most in marriage as we've become most aware of our sin. And so I think you can have a shallow marriage that you, you end up doing fun things together. You get along just fine. But a thriving marriage is probably a marriage that has gone beyond the painful stuff. I mean, beyond just the surface stuff and gone into the painful areas where most of us don't want to deal with. We don't really want to, I mean, let's be honest on my honeymoon. I didn't, I I closed the door when I went to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I like, I did not want to appear to smell or sound bad Mm -hmm. or seem at all, not beautifully perfect. mm -hmm. And now 20 years later, he knows a lot more junk than what I smell like, you know, or what I look like when I don't have my makeup on. Uh Um, when sinners say I do, it's a great book. Yeah. Dave Harvey. Um, I haven't read it in a few years, but I know that early on we were, Troy was a pastor in his thirties. And so we did quite a bit of premarital counseling, even while we worked through a lot of that ourselves, Uh not the worst of it, but you know, we worked through being young parents, being in ministry. And, um, and that was a really encouraging book for us as well. So,
1: I mean, I'm just so intrigued. What made? What? Where was this? And you say it's been a life. I mean, it's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still working things out. Obviously, we all are. But it's night and day from you saying, "Oh, yeah. oh I don't think Absolutely. we're going to make this." Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't say that now. No. Uh, what? What did
2: the switch? Okay. Well, one thing I think I have to mention is, you know, I have a new little book, a tiny little book that came out it's called "Guard of Truth." And the premise of that and where the heart of that came from was that I really had to learn over the years to preach truth to myself. Mm -hmm. And when Troy said those words to me, I've mentioned, I've shared this before that Troy's the one who said like, babe, you kind of need to like learn to preach the truth to yourself in these moments. That actually happened in the worst of our fights, like in the worst of me going, I can't do marriage. I am not worthy of love. And I don't think I can love you. Like I literally said those kinds of things. Like I'm never going to get over this. You, I probably married the wrong person. All these things over and over, or I don't, I don't know how to love, or whatever, and um, and so I feel like that is a huge part of it. Is that we literally, you know, one argument at a time, one situation at a time, step back and said, "What is this fight really about?" It really is about me, or you, feeling like our worth comes from this, or hoping my spouse will satisfy this, and really getting to the root of that, and then saying. What does God say What's the about truth? that? What is the truth about that? So yeah, it's a little bit of a long process, but honestly, I think that's that's the therapy we yeah. we implemented in our own marriage was like, if we say we believe this, if we believe that the gospel transforms us, how does it transform right now? Mm-hmm. How do we actually apply it right now mm-hmm. to the situation? So
1: I always say that as, you know, preaching, telling yourself, mm-hmm. the, gospel. Like, yourself the gospel. And we actually had someone write into us recently And she said in her email to the happy hour, I hear you say this a lot, like Mm -hmm. tell yourself the gospel, Mm -hmm. gospel, gospel yourself. Mm -hmm. I will say that often. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a really, it was a great conversation. My assistant Amanda handled it beautifully, Mm -hmm. but it just means like, tell yourself what is true. Mm-hmm. You know, and in certain moments, what mm-hmm. is not true is the
2: way you're feeling.
1: You know, one of my favorite books from you and you'll remember this, but
2: Elise Fitzpatrick wrote Because He Loves Me. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite books um that I read. This was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago. Um, it really, really helped me see how the gospel, as simple as it is, is not that it's not that simple. Like we need to rethink on it yeah. and reconsider what it really means that we've been forgiven Mm. what does it really mean that we're loved forgiven redeemed purchased Mm -hmm. back and and that matters in our everyday life and so she's really good i love her of course
1: so much i love her okay um you said this to me actually that you don't have to be blooming Mm. to be growing Mm -hmm. tell me what you mean that ultimately
2: just comes out of me realizing that um So much of, you know, most people know me right now in this very blooming stage of my Mm. life. People suddenly know that I'm an artist. They suddenly know that I write books and I have six beautiful boys who happen to all love each other and do the dishes and actually serve one another. And it's not really pretend, like amazingly serve one another. They are kind, but there were major seasons where that was in process and it wasn't here. And so we are living in a time where everybody sees someone else's life in bloom, but you don't see the tilling seasons. You don't see the watering, the sowing, the pulling out the weeds. And so for me, there were years where I had art ability. I had an art degree and I did not use it. Mm -hmm. I did not know how to use it. I couldn't use it because I was changing diapers. Mm -hmm. And there were years where I certainly felt like I did everything. I thought I was supposed to do to parent correctly, and it didn't feel like it was fruitful. I wasn't getting anywhere. And so I like to tell young moms because I feel like after conferences, a lot of times I, the typical situation is that I might get like a 24-year-old who says, tell me what I could do I to be, be like where you, you are mm-hmm. in a few years. And I say, well, kind of want to live 20 years. You know, and that's a dumb answer maybe, but me, what I'm really saying is you can't rush it. You can't rush how God grows you. We can imagine that there's a pill for everything, but there isn't. Mm -hmm. And sanctification is something that happens moment by moment. And so much of it happens where Instagram will never document, where you may not even get to write, you know, your your heart might be exploding to want to write it out. No, sometimes it just happens in the nitty gritty where you might even like not have words. Sometimes people say, I just don't know how to form words like that. You don't have to. You don't have to be blooming to be growing. And ultimately- Maybe that stirring in your heart of some a business that you want to start or a ministry or some way you want to impact the world, just because you're not doing it right now and flourishing in it and getting attention for doing it doesn't mean that the Lord's not using it or not prepping the very soil that it will bloom and grow in.
1: Amen. And I think too, like speaking with young moms, I mean, I for sure feel like this is a constant thing that I'm talking about is that all of those things that you're doing, all of those moments that you feel like golly, I think I have something else in me, Mm -hmm. or this is really it. Like this Mm -hmm. is my day in and day out, Groundhog Day life. Yep. That those moments actually matter. And they very much
2: inform exactly what, I think we underestimate how much the Lord teaches and gives us words right in the midst of our mundane and the very circumstances that we wish away. Mm -hmm. Those are the exact circumstances that He actually forms the very thing that someday will will form into your message, your words, your heart for other people. But we just wanna skip all that and say, I've got a package branded deal now to share with the world. When really, I literally think that everything that people say, oh, I loved your words today that you wrote on Instagram, that didn't happen yesterday. Mm -hmm. It is not my today's words. They are like, they've been marinating for a long time. And if you read my blog, it's been around for over 10 years. Some of these words are not new. They just are, I've I've perfected the way I write them, mm-hmm. but they've been in the works for a long time because I've wrestled with all these issues yeah. for a long time.
1: Yeah. You can see God at work yeah. um, in the midst of yep. what might seem mundane. Yeah, absolutely. And God, like you said, is just kind of growing something within you. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, and we can't go here because we don't have time, but I think that, um, it's hard for us in our, in our society, and our world to appreciate those moments. Absolutely. Because they don't seem as grandiose as what we might feel as.
2: Everyday faithfulness is, you know, I, I wrote a friend last night. I said, even in my ups and downs, the real offering is my response to that. So we think the offering is to the Lord is what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to raise my kids are my offering or the pro the The finished product of what I'm working on. No, the offering is the daily response. That's the offering. Is how are you going to respond to the sink full of dishes? How am I going to worship in the everyday? What am I going to do when I don't want to forgive my husband, but I really realize I probably need to work through this? That response is the day, everyday offering that we give back to the Lord. It's not the thing that comes twenty years from now. It's we need to appreciate it. Yeah, it's
0: hard. (laughs) Absolutely, it's so hard.
1: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com/pod50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com/pod50 for 50% off. Um, okay, Ruth, speaking of appreciate, what are you loving these days? Pork belly sliders. Really?
2: Girl, oh my goodness, come to Durango. We've got a food truck that has the world's best pork belly sliders. I never thought I would. No, but I'm, I could talk about food all day long, so I won't bore you that way.
1: I that. love that.
2: I can't, too. No, I am a foodie all the way. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lovely we are, are you a cook? Do you like to cook? Yeah, I really do. I mean, right now I'm so busy that mm-hmm. that's actually something that has been a, a sad thing that's gone to the mm-hmm. back burner for now. Yes. But if you go to my blog, you'll see that. I mean, there were years there. I mean, this will be for the next time we talk. But I literally did not know how to cook when we got married. Did not know how to cook. Burned a Crock pot pot roast. Like I did not know how to cook, and so it's been a long. You're saying there's hope for me. Oh my goodness! It's there's so much hope, and and then it's like such a joy to like do it with others, Uh like learn it together. I love that. That's right, yeah. But the other thing, the the main thing I'm really learning, I'm not an outdoorsy person. I'm not a sporty person. I wish I was. My I'm married to a very active person. but I'm really loving the outdoors. And, and I'm you're really in beautiful outdoors. I know. And we moved to to be in that context. And and ultimately it is good for my soul. So I wouldn't go as far as I'm like, I'm not learning, I'm not loving exercise. I'm not quite there yet. Maybe by the next time I'm on the show. Yeah. But um, I'm not quite there yet, but I am loving things that are not even comfortable for me, yeah. like going jeeping or. Going what? Jeeping, like oh, four wheeling. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. oh my uh-huh. goodness. Like they're always taking me up to like 15,000 feet, you know, where there, there's no air to breathe. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, um, I love not having cell service.
1: Do and you have cell service at your house?
2: Yeah. I okay. Do. But, but like when but you go I out. But I absolutely love like, so anytime I do in any of those Instagram stories or whatever, it's always like later. Yeah. And I love that because it forces me to remember like just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like take it in, learn and listen to the Lord in real time, you know, and, and like record it in your heart first. Mm-hmm. And if it's worth sharing later, go it'll, for it. It'll, it'll mm-hmm. come up.
1: Yeah. So, oh my gosh, Ruth, I loved you before we sat down. Oh, well I loved you. And that's, I that's love you lo- more. It's so fun to talk. I feel talk. like we could have two more hours. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: You actually are so good at asking questions that you know that the entirety of the internet has never heard the majority of those stories.
1: So I'm a little like, it wow. Is the best. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like wow. Um, love it. Are you reading anything these days? Well, I just finished your book.
2: But um, you. as a family, we're reading um, The TechWise Family. Oh, and yes. I've too. heard about this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, because even with us, even for us being like real non-phone, non-computer or non-digital people, we still feel that tug, mm-hmm. that constancy. And so we're, we're reading that. I'm reading You Are What You Love by Jane Smith, okay. who also wrote Desiring the Kingdom. So it's like a similar, it's not kind of a book that's in our circles very mm-hmm. much, but it's really dear to my heart for a project I'm working yeah. on for a topic that you'll hear more about next
1: year. Oh, dun dun dun! I know. Sorry. <laughs> Did you see that little d- nugget drop? <laughs> wow! Yeah, that oh. is that all you can give us? September next year. September two thousand nineteen. Yeah. God, that's feel like forever away. It feels like forever away. It does is it a
2: publishing project? I should stop. Oh yes, it's a, it's a two two part publishing project. So is it
1: with you and your husband? <sighs> One of them is that was someone's question. They asked, "Really? If yeah. You and your husband are writing a book together?"
2: So. So, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff coming out this year. There's I even have two more things coming out July 10th, but um, these are all smaller projects. That one's my next big,
1: like, heart project. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Ruth, thank you. Thanks for having me. Your wisdom is received by me and by everyone listening. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a joy, not just to watch your family, because I don't want to say it like that, Mm -hmm. but it is a joy to see you take your everyday moments and point us to Jesus. Mm. And you do that very well. Thanks for encouraging me. Very well. So thank you for encouraging us in that as well. Today's show is brought to you by SAS Footwear. Making the decision between wearing stylish shoes or comfortable shoes shouldn't feel impossible. SAS Footwear makes that decision easy with shoes and sandals to keep you on your feet all day in style. Go to sasfootwear.com. That's www.sasfootwear.com and enter the code HAPPY HOUR for free shipping on your first order at SAS, where style feels good. You guys, I told you I was not lying. Today's show was such a joy. I know it was for me and I know it was for you as well. Ruth is a breath of fresh air for me. Our time was encouraging from one businesswoman to another, from one mama to another, from one follower of Jesus to another. Ruth is a woman that loves her family well. She desires for everyone to see Jesus in her life, in her family, in her business. And you can tell that through our conversation. If you loved our show, go ahead, text a girlfriend and tell her about it. Today's show was edited by Chris with Pod Shaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is the one and only Amy Hannon. You might know her as Unamaze on Instagram, and I actually thought that was her name forever until I met her. Amy is one of my new favorite people in this world and you're going to fall in love with her next week on the show. She actually was super kind this past spring and hosted a book tour night for If You Only Knew, the book that I released in January. She hosted a night at her house and it was just the most lovely time ever. You guys enjoy your week. If you've got kids in school, we are so close. The finish line is on our horizon. You guys, we can do this. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you all back here next week with my friend, Amy Hannon.